your boy, legend, big three, making it happen, Royce White. So I wanted to ask you, you know, let's let's start from the beginning. Um, you know, your humble beginnings. What made you uh, want to get into basketball? You know, why basketball? Man, I come from, you know, the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And I just come from a sports family, basketball family, really. My grandfather, my great-grandfather, um, the community I was raised in, just, just a basketball community. So, you know, I had the basketball in my hands at five years old. That's what it was, you know. So, who, so would you say that you was the first, like the bread and butter with the fit with the basketball? I mean, I played every sport. You know, my uncle uh, is Dave Winfield. He's probably one of the most all-around athletes in, in history, in American history, being drafted in three sports. And he played three sports, and he played them well. Um, so, you know, it, you know, I grew up around him and his crew. So I played all, all sports, and, you know, it wasn't until around junior high, high school that I really put the other sports down and focused in on basketball. But sometimes I regret it, you know. Sometimes I feel like the, the athletes get pigeonholed in uh, to, to one sport when realistically a lot of them could probably play multiple sports uh, if they chose to, if they wanted to. So, But, you know, basketball became, you know, my focus at, around high school, and, and uh, it paid off. Now let everybody know what high school you went to. Um, I went to De La Salle High School first. It was a Catholic private school in Minneapolis. Uh, and then I transferred to Hopkins High School my senior year. Uh, De La Salle is you know, famous uh, Alan Anderson. Yes, yes, yes. State. yes. He, he came from De La Salle High School. Uh, and then, obviously, Chris Humphreys came from Hopkins High School. So two very prestigious basketball programs in Minnesota. A bunch of state championships between the two of them. And I actually won, won a state championship on both teams. So uh, legendary Minnesota basketball programs I, I played for. So, you at Minnesota State, you're doing your thing, right? You're on campus. What was one of the first things? Now, you're far from home now. Well, you're not far from home, but you're, you're, you're you know, you're, you're independent. Far, <laughs> yeah. You're independent. Right yeah. 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 That was probably one of my problems, you know, when I first, I'm a loyal guy. You know, I really, I really love home. I still live in Minnesota to this day ran for office in Minnesota. I'm going to run for office again. In the oh, state. we got to talk about we that. Talk about that. Oh, yeah, we got to chop that up. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I'm very, very, uh, very, very loyal to, to Minnesota. And so when I was coming through the ranks, um, it was still at a time when the coasts dominated the prep hoops um, hype. The prep hoops coverage, right? There wasn't a lot of coverage of the Midwest. A little bit in Chicago. Mostly whatever there was in the Midwest was in Chicago, but but not really in Minnesota or the or that part of the Midwest. Uh, so, you know, I was always had a chip on my shoulder, too, going out there, playing on the circuit nationally, going to camps, Nike camps, All-American camps, stuff like that. So by the time I got ready to go to college and I was had offers from everybody, right? I had my pick of where I wanted to go. I chose to stay home because I grew up watching the go for program. University of Minnesota real watch the program and that was probably not a wise move. Well, you know what? A lot of players that, you know, that get scholarships to leave there. I'm not saying, I don't want to be clear. I'm not saying it, it, it wasn't a wise move because there's something wrong with the program. No, no, right. no, no, no. I love the, love it's the. It's just your home to loyalty. You know, I, I had some problems with, at, at the university and I had some problems with the university, but I still would 
uh, encourage players to stay home in their community and help build the programs up in their community because I think that's what that's when basketball and, and sports is at its best when it's community driven um, but for me it was just a peculiar it was a weird time man I came at a time where Minnesota the Minnesota program hadn't kept uh, a, a class of recruits home and it was a lot of hype and I'm from the city and you know some guys are from the city but they're not really from the street understandable you know what I'm saying? So sometimes you could be from a place, but you're not really from a place. Yeah, yeah, it makes mad sense. You know, you know, some people just were to themselves. Some people were in the house. Some people were, you know, on the porch. Me, I wasn't. Yeah. And, you know, the way the Twin Cities is built, Minneapolis on one side of the river, St. Paul on the other side of the river, you got a real, you know, uh, Twin City rivalry there and I grew up on both sides of the river so I had friends from both sides of the river now the campus is right in the middle of the two smack dead so it's 10 minutes up the road from either direction yeah. and so when I got there it's just people were you know it was a, it was it was on you know the, the whole city was coming to the campus on a daily basis and that got it got me in some trouble you know I had to take some lumps and take some some um take some blame for some stuff that other people were doing and you know it kind of got lumped in with me like hey Royce you know those guys and it's like yeah I know them I grew up with them of course I know them I'm from the city I'm from the, born and raised from the mud yeah I know them yeah. that don't mean I'm responsible for them or they're with my crew or I, so do, do you feel like like they kind of like whatever happened around them that you know with them they felt like at some point even though you didn't play a part they kind of made it seem like well he's from here so yeah, well, what I'll say is there was a lot of momentum and energy behind myself and a couple other players that were coming in in that class. And there was a lot of excitement in the city and there was a lot of excitement in the city in our age group. And, um, you know, we, we just we loved to have fun. We weren't we weren't those shy you know, tuck yeah. your yeah. shirt in and walk like a robot and answer the questions like the media wants you to. Right. Not to be threatening to the white folks. No no disrespect, right. respectfully, right. but not to threaten the white right. folks. Right. We weren't like that. I was yeah. never like that. I've always been outspoken, no matter what, whether it was political, whether it was in the street, whether it was growing up and with my, I always have my own lunch table. So, you know, and so when, when, you, when you're like that, it, it's easy for somebody to look at you and, and throw the blame on you when stuff pops off because you're the recognizable face and I took that you're the target but I took that too and that's part of having sacred honor is like you know there were times when I was on campus this is just a tangent story but people probably be like it you know there was times when stuff would pop off on campus and um, I'd be walked into a room and they'd show me pictures of guys and say you know who is this guy who is this guy who is that guy and I'm like I don't know those guys I know those guys but I'm not telling you their names type of deal almost like a setup it was just they they just you know what I what I could say is like things would happen little stuff right it could be like a little scuffle would happen right and the football players might get into it with some kids from over in this neighborhood right everybody out drinking having fun I'm not even in the area I'm over in the, in my dorm and they like you know them is Royce's boys yeah yeah they down to ask me questions and I'm like yeah I know them but I'm not telling you their names and yeah, yeah. and so that that created a little tension yeah. and then before you know it it got to the point where it was like Royce versus the administration or the the university police department yeah, yeah. you can look this stuff up yeah. like the university police when i transferred from the university of minnesota they asked him like you know royce is saying that he's transferring because he's he feels targeted by the police department and, and the chief of police was on the record 
in the Minneapolis Star Tribune. I, I hope y'all are paying attention because this is serious right now. He's dropping. Hey, Come on. The Minneapolis, the University of Minnesota Police Department, chief of police, is on the record in the Minnesota Star Tribune saying Royce doesn't strike me as a guy who's ever feels threatened. And he's right. I'm not a guy that's easily threatened. But it just kind of showed a lack of um, a lack of awareness of of the the power disparity between a regular civilian or citizen and a police department or a police officer or a chief of police. You know, he was kind of talking about me as an 18 year old. Now, mind you, I'm 18. You're a kid. I know I'm 6'8", 225, 230, but I'm 18. Still a kid. You know, you know, and so that, that you know, that's but but but. Respectfully, I still would encourage young guys to stay and go to their hometown school, in the University of Minnesota included, because I think sports is best when it's community driven. I totally agree. And, uh, you know, going back to what you said as far as like how certain athletes should stay in their city. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got uh, friends of mine, Monty Mack, who played for UMass, uh, Shannon Crooks, Anthony Anderson. Those are really good friends of mine. They all chose, there you go. You know, they all chose to stay local. But you, like you said, you don't see that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, everybody, look, the blue chip programs are blue chip programs. Everybody has this dream of going to play for this place that's far, far away. And sometimes the, the best thing is, is home. And and, you know, everybody, it is so much stuff we could get into, but but realistically for me, the reason why I stayed in Minnesota, the reason why I still live in Minnesota is because there's nothing out there. So everybody has is sold this dream that there's something far out there somewhere that's better for you, that's going to make your life. It's not true. It's a scam. If you're not happy in here, if you don't have, if you're not right in here, there's nowhere you could go that's going to make you happy. You said it, man. You said it. You know, I, I knew that at a young age. I'm like, yeah, I could go to North Carolina or I could go to USC or, or I could go to, you know, Miami or Florida, wherever the big programs are. But why not make home good? Why not? Why not build up the people that help build me up? And not only that, if you wanted to get a home cooked meal real quick, all you got to do is <laughs> benefit. That, that, that don't ever hurt. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. Auntie and them's cooking is always going is always going to hit different. You know that that's true too. So yeah, yeah. But it was more like you know honestly, it was more about the community poured a lot into me because you know when you raised by a single mother in a black community, you raised by the community. And I was fortunate enough to have a lot of um, older men, a lot of a lot of OGs, a lot of people, coaches, a lot of you know uh, teachers, uh, 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 auntie and them's boyfriend for the, the the dude in the neighborhood, or, you know the dude who owns a little convenience store out in the East Coast. They call it the bodega or whatever. We yeah, yeah, yeah. A little corner store. Yeah. The village, the village of people. Yeah, it really raised me, right? So when when I came time to decide where I wanted to play, I'm like, the least I could do is make myself accessible to the people who helped put me here. And I think the machine, I don't think I was told by the machine on multiple occasions, but this was the first time where I was told, look, you're going, you are going somewhere. You, Royce, you the individual, you on your way somewhere and all these people can't go. If you want to go, you got to go there first and then help them. And that, that's kind of, that, see, my story then at 18 would help shape what happened to me with the NBA at 21 because I saw the game across the entire 
experience as a young athlete for the, the, the dude in the neighborhood or you yeah. know the dude who owns a little convenience yeah. store out in the east coast they call it yeah. the bodega or whatever we yeah, just yeah, yeah. a little corner store yeah. the village the village of people yeah it really raised me right, right. so when right. when I came time to decide where I wanted to play I'm like the least I could do is make myself accessible to the people who helped put me here and I think the machine I don't think I was told by the machine on multiple occasions, but this was the first time where I was told, look, you're going, you are going somewhere. You, Royce, you the individual, you on your way somewhere and all these people can't go. If you want to go, you got to go there first and then help them. And that, that's kind of, that, see, my story then at 18 would help shape what happened to me with the NBA at 21 because I saw the game across the entire experience as a young athlete most people didn't know me until I was 21 so they're seeing me go through it with the NBA and like why would he do this why would he do this because yeah, it was new you don't know how the system works behind the scenes you don't know how it works when you sat down in a room and told yeah yeah you could go do this why would he do this because yeah, it was new you don't know how the system works behind the scenes you don't know how it works when you sat down in a room and told yeah yeah you could go but they can't go with you that meant something and that offended me I was insulted a lot of young black men ain't insulted by that a lot of young black men they think hey whatever I can get out of it and that's our problem yeah it makes sense yeah whatever me yeah. me 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 yeah. yeah well sometimes you sometimes me right that's how it's supposed to be but a lot of people don't understand that or they don't live by those codes I was fortunate blessed enough to come up have a great talent but was still brought up with certain morals and, and principles which is why a person like the OG Peter Shu and me can have such a great relationship because we live by a similar code. Mm-hmm. Yeah.